Hi, and welcome to uh, Training and Assessment Professional Development. Uh, today's uh, Zoom call is about dimensions of competence. And I want to take it from the perspective of when you've got um, candidates who are in the workplace and are being assessed in the workplace. And when we're specifically looking at assessing people in the workplace, there's a number of factors that we look at. And dimensions of competence is stages of competence that people go through. And you as the assessor can assess whether or not they're at the stage where they are competent or not yet competent. So what does that mean if someone's not yet competent? Well, it simply means that they keep working towards competence. So when you look at um, vocational education and training, it's competency-based assessment. It's not pass and fail uh, at a certain point. It's you keep working towards the competence. And being a quality trainer, you know exactly what you're looking for and what tasks they have to perform to be able to be deemed competent. But when we look at the dimensions of competence, there's a couple of different stages. In fact, there's five. So let's talk about the first one, which is task skills. So when we look at the candidate, they must perform a particular task. Now, it's to a standard now, this is where we need to think about what is the standard. And there's a workplace standard, but there's a competency standard. So when you look at the unit of competency, you understand that there are the elements that they have to perform. They also have to be able to understand the why they're doing what they're doing. And also when it comes to assessment, there's a level of assessment that the candidate has to reach. So you have to understand what are the requirements of the unit of competency or the cluster of units if you're doing a cluster. Uh, but specifically, what does the candidate need to do to be able to be deemed as competent? Then there's the workplace standard. Now, what is the standard in the workplace? And I'll give you an easy example I've used for many years. If you're looking at a candidate who is working in a law firm, for example, they may have to type a certain amount of words per minute. So if we look at a unit of competency called develop keyboard skills and accuracy, in that particular unit, they have a 98% accuracy standard that has to be met within that unit of competency. Now, in the unit specifically, it didn't have uh, how many words per minute the candidate had to be able to type in their typing test. However, when you're working in a law firm, for example, they might have a standard that says you have to be able to type 95 words per minute. And that's just a rough estimate. That, that might not be the industry standard. That's your job as the trainer assessor to understand that. But you've got to look at the workplace standard and the unit of competency standard. Now, you can't go below the unit of competency standard. So if, for example, the organisation said, we only want them to have 95% accuracy, but they have to be able to type 95 words a minute, you still have to assess them and they must be able to reach the benchmark and again, in the assessment, it'll tell you how many times they have to be able to do this consistently to be deemed competent. 
So that, again, is your job to understand the unit of competency requirements and the standards that have to be met. But you need to combine what the industry standard is saying as well as the unit of competency standard. So looking at what must the candidate perform to be able to meet the dimension of competence of task skills. All right, so just think about that. It might be a good time to pause this and go back to a unit of competency and really have a look what is the standard there that has to be met and then look at the industry standards. Now, the industry standards, again, what are they in hospitality at a Certificate 2 level? What are they at hospitality in a Certificate 4 level? Again, you need to identify that. Then there's the next one of task management skills. So the candidate being able to manage a number of different tasks to complete a whole work activity, such as meeting a deadline. So think about task management skills of doing a task. We'll go back to the law firm, for example. They have to be able to type a certain number of words per minute and have 98% accuracy and they need to be able to get how many tasks done to meet deadlines. Now, the deadlines are going to be based on what the work requirements are. So when you've got work requirements of a certain number of client notes need to be transcribed in a day, that's the standard. The task management skills need to meet those standards because they're the deadlines that that organisation or that industry requires you to meet. So have a think about that is what are the deadlines within an organisation and also the specific person at that job role. So what will they be? So then you've got contingency management skills. So the candidate must use problem solving skills. Okay, so think about problem solving skills to resolve an issue that arises when performing a work activity. Let's go back to the law firm, for example. They're typing, transcribing the notes from the client and there's a section that they don't understand or uh, there might be repeated information. Can they consolidate that repeated information or does that repeated information have to be consistently transcribed? That's just one example. You yourself need to think about what industry you're in and what problem-solving skills would need to be there. Because problem-solving skills are really important when it comes to being able to perform in the workplace. So what problems, for example, might arise, okay, if there's conflicting deadlines? So, for example, let's go back to the law firm. If, for example, the person has multiple solicitors that they're doing tasks for, and let's say there's four, and two of those have priority jobs that need to be done, each of the solicitors may not understand that, that they're both saying, hey, I've got priority tasks. That person has to be able to problem solve and ask questions and prioritise appropriately based on the needs of each person. So they're skills that need to be developed over time. And then there's job role and environment skills. So being able to perform effectively in the workplace when undertaking work activities and working well with everybody. So again, let's go back to the same example. You've got multiple people that they're working with conflicting uh, priorities and demands. So then we, to be able to identify what the stakeholders and the uh, specifically, <clears throat> excuse me, 
the policies and procedures are. So there could be procedures around how tasks get prioritised and the individual needs to understand that and identify what is a priority task to what is a task that can be put um, back because there's more urgent things to be done. But having your candidate identify those things and you asking the right questions to be able to seek their understanding and therefore identify whether they are competent or not yet competent. Now, for example, I'll take you back to where I had a particular meeting and this was a traineeship in the workplace. So all assessments, learning, everything was being done on the job. Now, I had a meeting and this person was a school-based apprentice, so therefore parents are always involved and, and a parent came to the meeting. And this particular parent um, said to me that, well, my child knows and understands work health and safety. They've been working here for a while. I would like you to assess them for recognition of prior learning, RPL. And I said, that's fine, we can do that, but let me ask a few questions to identify whether or not um, this particular candidate is ready to be assessed under recognition of prior learning. <clears throat> and I said, so I asked specific questions to the candidate and said, um, so tell me, if you injured yourself in the workplace, what are the steps you need to take? <coughs> Excuse me. And he said, well, I have to report it. And I said, okay, so give me an example of an incident that might happen and then who you report it to. And he said, oh, it could be I dropped a computer and it dropped on my foot or I hurt my back. I said, great, that's a good example. Now, who would you report it to? And he said, the work health and safety officer. I said, okay, where do you find the reports to be able to report that to the right person? And he said, I don't know. I said, okay, so is there a form you have to fill out? Well, I don't know, was the answer. So I had to explain that there's policies and procedures that need to be followed and you as the candidate being assessed for following those procedures correctly, you need to understand how to follow the proper procedures in this particular workplace. And it they didn't actually know who to report it to. They just knew that they had to report it. They didn't know how to report it and where to find the form, the electronic form or the hard copy form and what the process was after that. So it's important that I explained very clearly that whilst you understand work health and safety and you understand the necessity for reporting it, you actually don't understand how to do that in this particular workplace. And they're the things that we need to work on. And so whilst the father wasn't particularly happy, the way I explained it, um, he understood that there was still some more work to do. So another aspect of the dimensions of competence is the transfer of the skills. So when you've learnt those skills in the particular workplace and you're assessed, can you transfer those skills to another situation? So when we need to transfer skills, it could be another aspect of a job role that you might not have been working on, but the transfer of skills, problem-solving skills, negotiating skills, communication skills, 
uh, all of those things and research and development skills. So there could be a, a need for you to explore that further because they're not able to transfer the skills yet. So uh, assessments that don't explore the dimensions of competence or dimensions of competency uh, are not valid assessments. And it's important that you understand that because you can't just assume someone is competent because they can do something once. They have to be able to perform that task multiple times consistently at the level that's required for the units of competency, the qualification as a whole, and also the workplace industry standards. So I hope that's been helpful and I will put up a um, handout that will also help reinforce that. And if you have any questions, just make sure you um, send me a message, direct message through our Facebook page, Training and Assessment Professional Development. This video will be up there as well. And also it'll be on our membership site for those of you who are part of the membership. So thank you. And until next time, I really appreciate you tuning in and I hope that you have greater clarity on the dimensions of competence. So thank you. Till next time. Mm -hmm.